Welcome into a special edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Justin Hall and Mitch Prosser here, and we are joined by my representative, R.J. May from District 88, who's joining us today. Representative, so good to have you on with us. Good morning, gentlemen. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Mitch, obviously the major piece of legislation that we've seen introduced by Representative May is House Bill 4799, which is all about transparency and education, which is one of the eight priority items we mentioned at the start of the legislative session here for 2022. You've got that right. You know, it's exciting to me to hear as we've crisscrossed the state and we've heard from people in the grassroots of South Carolina, whether that's Dillon County, Calhoun County, uh, all across the state here in Lexington County, we've heard from people who care about what their children are being taught in school. And for some on the left, that's a revolutionary concept. In fact, as we've said on our podcast, the left far overplayed their hand in that Virginia gubernatorial election when the presumptive gubernatorial candidate said parents really don't need to know what's happening in their education. And I'm so grateful for men and women in the South Carolina state legislature like R.J. May, who are standing up to that notion and saying, no, uh, actually, parents do deserve to know what's going on in their children's education. So, R.J., tell us a little bit more about what brought you to this point, and then we'll get into the bill a little bit. So let me start by saying it is a fundamental right, a fundamental God-given right to parents to dictate the upbringing and education of their children. So I have a companion bill along with 4799 um, called the Parental Bill of Rights uh, that codifies into law what we already know. And again, that, that's a God-given right for you to dictate the upbringing, raising medical, ch- medical care, et cetera, of your, of your children. Uh, but, but what we have seen in the classroom uh, over the last uh, really 20 or 30 years has become... Uh, indoctrination camps in Mm -hmm. in our government-run public schools. Um, You know, I I think what solves a lot of this is universal school freedom, and that's allowing parents to send their child to a learning environment of their choosing. Parents know better than any unelected bureaucrat or politician the wants, needs, and abilities of their child, uh, and they should be able to send their child to a learning environment of their choosing, whether that's public, private, single gender, Montessori, homeschool, you name it. Um, uh, Parents should have the final say in their children's education. Uh, but, you know, all of that kind of uh, accumulated with, um, with 4799, which is an um, uh, academic integrity uh, anti-CRT um, bill that has been described to me as, as one of the, the, f- the most far-reaching in the entire country. Because mm-hmm. we, t- we touch on a lot of subjects, not only in education, but, but also in, in other forms of government. Um, we would say that if you subscribe or teach or promote some of these Marxist-filled concepts Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't be able to get state funds. So if you're a private company looking to contract with the state, if your HR practices uh, modeled some of these um, definitions in this bill, you would would not be eligible for state contracts. Mm. In addition to banning it in the classroom, Mm -hmm. uh, there's whistleblower protections in this bill. So if you are a teacher or a parent, um, and you say, hey, this is happening in, in my son or daughter's classroom. Um, uh, you are protected under state law. Uh, it, it is a very, very encompassing bill um, just to fill you in on where we are on it. So, mm-hmm. so there are currently five bills that kind of deal with this academic con- transparency. They have all gone to the Education Committee. The Education Committee had a hearing, uh, I believe, last week where they listened to the pros and cons of all five of them. Um, on February 8th, they will have public testimony. The week after that, they will have more public testimony. Uh, and then they will decide either A, which bill they like better, um, make their changes to it and bring it out of committee, or B, they'll put together a committee bill 
um, that uh, that they'll bring to the floor. But I've already done the work for them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I looked at bills across the entire state, bills here in the country, uh, took the best parts of everything that I found, uh, worked with legislative council on it. Uh, so I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, 4799, my bill, makes it past committee, brings it to the floor, uh, and we can further strengthen it as opposed to watering it down. What are you hearing from folks in, I'll say, our district um, when it comes to this piece? Because you've, you've traveled across your, your representative area um, seeing you out and about, how are folks responding to you introducing this bill when it comes to your constituents? So I did I did a series of town halls uh, back before Christmas, um, where I went through you know every corner of the district, um, listening to parents, listening to constituents, uh, and even listening to children. Uh, and this is something that they don't want in their classroom, and, and they say it is in their classroom. Um, you know, a lot of my colleagues on the on the left say this isn't in our classroom. You know we're not teaching critical race theory. We don't have to worry about it. Well, if we're not teaching critical race theory, then you got no problem banning it. Right. Um, but, but unfortunately, um, critical race theory started as a, as a theory taught in law school many years ago. Colloquially today, it, it, we all know what it is, right? It's this idea that some race is, uh, superior or inferior to another, or that some race today is responsible for the actions of, of, a of that same race, 100, 200, 300 years ago. It's the idea that our entire American system and jurisprudence system is uh, systematically racist. So my bill says that, you know, with the relationship to American values, slavery and racism are anything other than deviations from betrayals of or failures to live up to the authentic founding principles of the United States, which include liberty and uh, equality, right? So this idea that equity is somehow superior to equality, you know, we've we have a, a constitution, um, uh, we fought wars, we've passed legislation on this idea that equality before the law is the superior um, uh, idea and concept here in the United States. And anything other than that uh, is a deviation and betrayal of our American values. Now, specifically to what people have said, I mean, this was one of their top issues um, as I went around the district mm-hmm. listening to folks, because they want their kids to be taught facts, right? They want their ta- kids yeah. to be taught reading, writing, arithmetic, science. They don't want uh, uh, values that are contrary to theirs being pushed on their children, right? That our, our children's moral upbringing should be dictated by parents, not by, not by anybody else, not by, not by teachers, not by school districts, um, not by Mark Zuckerberg or any of these other folks mm-hmm. who are you know, providing some of these educational materials that are in direct conflict with, uh, with our American values. Couldn't agree with you more. RJ, uh, what, when I look at what's happening, and, and I, I agree with you on everything that you just said from the proliferation and, and parents not wanting that, we've seen that across the state. Um, and then I couldn't agree with you more on the redefinition of terms. You see, biblical or traditional equity is not a bad thing in its truest sense, but what we've seen is a hijacking of the terms, and now equity versus equality. Equality simply means everybody gets an equal starting point. Equity now means that we stagger the starting point to give everybody an equal ending. Right. And that is exactly what you used the word Marxism for. Couldn't agree with you more. But what I really appreciate about this bill is that it's wise enough not to necessarily enumerate some of the colloquialisms that have become so popular like critical race theory because we understand that if we try to nail jello to a wall 
it will simply morph into something else. Correct. If we try to put our finger on what it is that we don't like, then they'll simply just change the definitions as they have with equity, making it something that it truly is not. But the other thing I like about education transparency, and I know you can speak to this, is this goes, as you just said, far and beyond critical race theory, cultural Marxism. This goes to the books that they're reading in the classroom, pornography and pornographic material. We've seen that in Rock Hill. We've seen that in Charleston. We've seen it in Greenville. We're seeing it in Lexington. There you go. So as we look at all those things, parents must, they don't need to know. Parents must know and be involved in what's happening in their child's education. RJ, tell us a little bit more. Is there anything within this bill that would would confront some of those other situations? Very much so. I mean, like, like I said, this is a this is a very far encompassing bill. Uh, most of the other bills that are filed are, are one, two, three pages. You know, this this is a twenty page bill. Last check, um, it, it hits on a on a number of different things. Uh, all going down to that idea of equity versus equality, mm-hmm. right? Uh, th- that is the legal foundation that this that this bill is built on, uh, one that has Supreme Court precedent for many, many years in the United States. Um, uh, I think it's on sound legal footing. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you this. One of the, the best things I like about this bill is that um, there are penalties to it, right? So if you, if you break the law, should this become law, um, it's just not – Hey, oh, you, you broke the law like some bills are. Um, one of the clauses in this bill says if you're a school district and, and your district or a, or a classroom is found to be taught critical race theory, everybody in that entire school district is now eligible for universal school freedom. So every student would then be able to take their education dollars. Every parent would be able to take their child's education dollars and send them to a learning environment of their choosing. Um, so that, that's one way that, that I'm trying to push uh, universal school freedom for some of these students, you know, what we need to do is inject free market principles into our education system. Um, and if if parts of this bill are violated, um, we get there pretty quick as long as that's not stripped mm-hmm. out. Well, I, I appreciate uh, – I, I hear so many ideas and concepts and people put them into bill form and they work with legislative council and they spend all this time and energy and then they get into – introduced and then it's in subcommittee and then it's in committee and it gets to the floor and I'm going, I'm doing this on purpose. And, and then it gets to the floor and the house passes it. It gets sent over to the Senate. That all happens again. It finally gets to the governor's desk. The governor signs it. It becomes law and it has absolutely no teeth in it. Right. I'm grateful that you have an enforcement mechanism inside the bill that says, okay, once this becomes law, there's actually teeth to it. Right. The, the most frustrating thing, and I, I guess I'm a little L libertarian in the idea that the government which governs best governs least. Correct. Um, and the laws that we do pass should definitely be enforceable. So thank you, RJ, for that. Well, and let me tell you one other thing that, that is in this bill, and that's uh, action civics. So we've, we've seen a kind of push here lately where – um, school teachers um, are requiring for extra credit or for classroom credit mm-hmm. that their students go and perhaps engage in political activity that they don't agree with. So maybe mm-hmm. they say, hey, look, for extra credit, you've yeah. got to go protest uh, the fetal heartbeat bill, right? Or you have to go protest, um, uh, I don't know, you pick it. Sure. Uh, but this bill says that that would no longer uh you can't do that in South Carolina, right? You can't require a student to engage in political activity 
that they nor their parents don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only are we banning that, but you know we're also saying in this bill that you have to post online, you know everything that you're going to be teaching your your materials. Mm-hmm. Um, there are uh, it explicitly states that parents are allowed to FOIA information. You know I've I've had parents come to me here in Lexington County and say, hey, look, I've been trying to FOIA some of this academic material that my children are being taught, and they're not giving it to me. Because they're saying it's it's somehow protected information, mm-hmm. and or they're saying, or they're saying, yeah, you can get it, but it's going to cost you, you know, fifteen thousand dollars, which is completely outside of the bounds of the law. That's right. nuts. I mean, it's 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 educational material. It's that we need to strict. We need to enforce some FOIA laws too. Right, yeah, part of part of the standardization of curriculum was so that you knew what was happening all right. the time. It was just like uh, when you wake up in the morning, the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. That's how it's supposed to work. And, uh, of course, we have uh, a wide array of boundaries that people break, sure. um, especially, uh, namely, in education. When it comes to the – we talked about the the actionable side of this once the – if this law is broken, mm-hmm. how it's enforced. What are – have you heard anything from teachers or from the school district in the area where, that you represent? Have you heard anything from the teachers within the district about this bill? What has been their response to this in terms of – you mentioned having to put – their materials out there right. to see uh, what's the feedback from them if you've heard any. So I've not heard much. Um, you know, SC Ed for Red um, mm-hmm. has has zeroed in on this bill and a number of other bills, including the Parental Bill of Rights, uh, in an effort to uh, uh, defeat it, kill it, keep it from coming out of committee, water it down, whatever it may be. Um, excuse me, but uh, I, I've heard from one teacher um, that said, "Hey, look, you know, we've got a lot on our plate. Um, you know, I'm." I'm just asking you, don't put too much more on our plate. Fair enough. Understood. Another teacher brought up this concern and said, well, I'm not going to be able to teach history anymore. Mm. And I said, of mm. course you are, right? Th- this bill says nothing that we should be teaching about slavery. We should be mm-hmm. talking talking about the Civil Rights Act of 1964, right? These are all things that, that our students need to know. My bill specifically says that all of that stuff is contrary the ideals of the United States. Mm-hmm. That's my point, is that if you teach that America is systematically racist, that is a lot different than saying, you know, there was slavery and it was a stain on American history, right? Those those, those are two different mm-hmm. ideas. Yeah. Um, and, and one, I agree with, that slavery was a stain on American history. It failed to live up to our, our ideals of liberty, equality, and justice for all. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, that that our entire American system is inherently racist. Right. It is Marxist-filled ideology that uh, cannot be in our classrooms, cannot be in our government, uh, and definitely cannot be funded by taxpayer dollars. Well, it's it's wanting to toss the baby out with the bathwater mm-hmm. in that in that respect. And that oh right. well we well because of you know because of this bill forty seven ninety nine I won't be able to teach history. But that's just that's just patently not true. It's a you lie. Can, yeah. You can talk you can talk about history. We were taught those things. Right. But I know I know for a fact that I was not taught through a critical race lens. I, I know it for a fact because I can I know it when I see it. Right. You can still talk about the idea of slavery and what it mm-hmm. means and the ramifications and effects that slavery had for dare I say, a couple centuries in terms of a different community. You can talk about all of that and still not impose this oppressor, oppressed idea that is infiltrating not just schools. We kind of talked about schools here, but we're seeing it in in, in HR training and in, in corporations right here mm-hmm. inside the state, inside the capital city. We're seeing it at colleges and universities where they're holding seminars about these types of deals. 
So it's everywhere, not just in schools. Yeah, sure. Is Was slavery wrong? Yes. Is slavery wrong? Yes. yes. Is slavery still occurring? Yes. But it wasn't until America and Britain decided that they were going to institutionally end slavery that it actually happened at an institutional level. Right. And so thank God for American exceptionalism. Right. And I think that has to be taught. We have to teach both sides of this. The other thing that we have to keep in mind and bear in mind here is this, that all ground the, the ground at the foot of the cross is level. All men are created equally. We are created with the natural propensity to sin. And because of that sin, we need a righteous God. And because of that sin, we need the righteous God and his son, Jesus, to forgive us of our sins. So when we talk about one specific group of people being inferior or negligent for the history of their ancestors, the truth of the matter is all men and women and boys and girls need Jesus. No matter the color of their skin, no matter the creed or posture of their religion, all men, women need Jesus. So patently false Marxism and the notion that there is an inferior and superior race or class or group of people. That's the whole idea of the proletariat and the bourgeoisie and all of that. It's nonsense. It's garbage. And let me just be frank. It's un-American. Amen. And your bill in some way, shape or form says and screams and proclaims, this is America. This is South Carolina. And don't bring your California to our Carolina. Correct. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Representative, we appreciate you joining us uh, to talk about this bill. Obviously, we're going to have you on plenty of more times, but this is one one of our eight priority items for this legislative session was transparency and education. And that goes far beyond just critical race theory. We're talking about what is being taught. Parents have the right to know what's going on in their child's education, what they're being taught. And I think if one positive thing came out of COVID, it was that parents got to see what was going on in the classroom because of those Zoom classes that were taking place. They could hear it. They could see it. It was more accessible to them. And hopefully this bill will make it through committee and get to the floor very, very soon in this session. Well, this one, Parental Bill of Rights, Save Women's Sports, I mean, there, there are a lot of things on, on our agenda that, that we should get done, considering we have a near supermajority in both chambers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but sadly, as the American Conservative Union pointed out, um, South Carolina is the most liberal-controlled Republican legislature in America. Um, we got to fix that. We got to change it. I mean, w- we should be passing solid legislation, solid conservative legislation every single day. But a lot of times, um, you know, you look on the board – and the votes are, you know, 100 to 10, 100 to 12. Um, mm-hmm. I'm part of that 10 or 12 that are voting no a lot of times. Uh, and it's a lot of my other colleagues that are that are joining together, Republican, Democrat, to pass legislation that, that doesn't do much for your average South Carolinian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's sad. We need to change it. Um, but that we need help from the people, right? It, keep an eye on your representatives. See how they're actually voting. Um you have a right to call them, to ask them how they're voting, what their thoughts are, why did they do this or that. Uh, they work for you, not the other way around. Um, and it's time that some of the colleagues uh, in the House and the Senate um, get reminded of that. So how can folks get in touch with you? How can they keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, so uh, my cell phone number is 803-470-4482. That's 803-470-4482. If you have a, uh, a 
official question, um, rjmay at schouse.gov. That's rjmay at schouse.gov. If you have a political question, uh, vote rjmay at gmail.com. Uh, vote rjmay at gmail.com. And my website's voterjmay.com. Well, he just ran through it very quickly, Mitch. Thank you, Representative My representative to the South Carolina State House, RJ May, for joining us here on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. If you want to track these bills that he's introduced, I'm on his page right now uh, of of bills that he has sponsored or co-sponsored. The list is long. And if you want to connect on those and see what it's all about, you can do that by downloading the Palmetto Family Council app and clicking inside the State House. And when you do, you can search for him. You can search for bills he's sponsored. RJ, again, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast.